so I was at work the other day and I have had some of the weirdest interactions in my life uh, in and around the bathroom right by my office. Mm -hmm. And there are just a number of characters that I've run into. I think I've talked about one before, a guy who only urinates in the stall Right. With urinals that mm-hmm. are open and how infuriating that is mm-hmm. to me. So I walk in the other day and the door of the first stall is kind of off a little bit. Like so, off its hinges? Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's to the point where if you go in there and you try and lock it, the lock isn't won't fit into the groove anymore. Mm-hmm. If you want to lock it, you have to like lift right. the door up a little bit and then slide it over. Mm-hmm. Right. So I walk in to the bathroom and I have to use the stall. So I walk up to the first stall mm-hmm. and the door's open and I go to push it open and someone's in there. <laughs> And do you not look for feet underneath? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of to the right. Uh And you know, there are people there, but I was more noticing that the door was open. Right. You know, I just walked in and normally, yeah. Like if the door was closed, I would have, you know, like looked under or, or been more focused, like on what's going on on the ground. Right. And the fact that there are people at the stall too, you know, I'm not, my eye lines. Mm -hmm. See, I've trained myself. I always look for feet first. I look my my I go feet door. I look at the feet. I look for the feet, and then I go to the door. See, I walked in, and I guess I'm also like, I'm also driven by shame a lot of times when I'm in the <laughs> restroom. Like right. I just want to get into a stall, close it, and just be like, "This is what I have to do. Let's get done as quickly as possible." Yeah. And so I just went straight for the door, though the door was open, so I go push open, and only then was the guy like, "Oh," and you know, he's like, it wasn't like a minute. It was just like. He was totally surprised. Yeah. Uh, uh. Uh-huh. No words were exchanged, you know? Uh-huh. I was like, oh, sorry. I just went into the handicap stall. But here's my thing. Number one, if I ever use that first stall, when when the door, I first realized the door is off the hinge a little bit, I worked it until I got it in the groove. Of course. Right? Yeah. And guess what? I didn't need to be a rocket scientist yeah. to figure out like, Oh, it's aimed down. Does it shimmy up a little bit? Oh, it does. Lock the door, right? Yeah. Also, if I was ever in there, and if, let's say, I didn't have time to figure out how to fix the door, I would shut the door, and I'd probably, it's not a big stall. Wouldn't you just, like, keep your hand up there? I would not not use a stall that I could not close the door on. Okay, But, but let's just say it was so bad and you couldn't make it out of there, someone was in the other stall, you had to use that one, just play yeah, that out, right? right? Yes. You would somehow make sure that that door was closed right. while you were in there. Or I would, as soon as I heard somebody walk in, I would let my presence be known. Right. Right. And uh, make sure the door your, was closed. Right. Clear your throat. Right. I've done that before. Um, you know, yeah, push, push the door shut a little more. It was like wide open. So I'm like, is this guy just like a pervert? He's just trying to like get his thrill of, oh, the door didn't close. Sorry, you know, but where he can be seen. 
But yeah, I was like, that's, I shouldn't feel bad about that. That no. was his fault. Yes. You make sure that door is closed. Okay. Also, the other day I went in there and somebody had their shoes off. Whoa. That's gross. Well, yeah. Like they were in socks? They were in socks. Their shoes, their feet were on top of their shoes. Oh, that's not as bad, but that's still weird. Yeah, like resting there. Like yeah. They'd slip. What kind of shoes? Were sneakers. they Crocs? Oh. Nope. They were New Balance. Were they untied? They were old. But he could like obviously slip his feet in and out of them, right? Slip his feet in and out. He decided to slip them out this time. Sit him on his New Balance sneakers. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Do you, you didn't know who it was? I know who it is. Was is it an old man? Yep. Uh, I don't know. That makes sense to me for some reason. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's not weird. I'm just saying I immediately thought of it being an old man. I don't know why. Uh, well, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe when I get that old, I'll be sliding my shoes off in a stall and I'll be like, I get it. Yeah, but it's also, there's also, you also have the similar situation where it's like, I think this has happened to everybody where you're going to use a, like a single person bathroom, right? And you, and you walk in on somebody using that bathroom, right? And it's like, and they're in their socks. No, they're just using the bathroom, right? But it's a single person bathroom. It's like, why did you not lock this door? Like the door can be locked. Like unless you want oh, people yeah. walking in single on you. Single person, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like lock the door. Lock the door. This happens to me. This has happened to me a handful of times at my work. We have a uh, we have a bathroom that is a single person bathroom. Is it unisex? No, it's it's male. Okay. And it's got a it's got a, a, a like a deadbolt lock on it, and it also has the indicator on the outside where you can see wow. like occupied or vacant or whatever. And I've had uh, maybe five or six times where I'm using the bathroom in there, the door is locked on the outside. It says like it's a, and it says it's like a bright red sign too that says occupied. And people, it sounds like people are just like trying to ram the door open, right? It's like you hear them bounce into it and then jiggle it a little bit. And it's just like, I don't say anything because I feel like (laughs) the door should kind of like speak for itself, right? But just like, I don't understand this mindset of the people who like don't lock the door behind them or the people who are like, don't like the first thing I do is to check to see if it's locked, right? Like, especially if there's an indicator, I'm just like, oh, okay, it's open. I can use this or it's locked. Like, well, teasing what we're going to talk about today, I just thought of a segment that we would do that we could do for an ABC's of death. And that would be somebody in a single person bathroom mm-hmm. and someone just sounds like they run right into the door uh-huh. and they're just quietly sitting there and they're getting annoyed if somebody sounds like they just really want to get in yeah. to use the restroom. Uh, but when he finally opens the door when he's done, it's like zombie apocalypse everyone's yeah. dead right you know yeah or just people or the, trying to get in right or the the getting in stops and then you see a little bit of blood come in underneath the door right it's like yeah oh uh, yeah and then, and then and then cut there right but just really focus on the guy feeling very uncomfortable like <laughs> i'm in here but not wanting to say anything right. yeah maybe he clears his throat a little bit yeah. you know flushes i've turned on the sink you know yeah well yeah speaking of which uh this is everything is interesting my name is Justin Blizzard. I'm here with Keith Krepko. Today we're talking about the we're going to talk about the horror anthology 
Although I think we'll discuss whether or not it is actually a horror anthology. Right. Uh, we're talking about the movie ABCs of Death. Part two. Part two. Um, in honor of Halloween. Yeah. Kind Hall of. Scream. Right. And we'll close with recommendations. And we're going to talk uh, maybe at length about um, Flannery O'Connor's short story, A Good Man is Hard to Find. Right. And uh, that'll be that. But first, we're going to take a quick break, and we will come back with the ABCs of Death 2. ABCs of Death 2 is the Part sequel boo. to ABCs of Death 1 mm-hmm. or ABCs of Death. There's no one at the end. But uh, it's a, uh, like the first one, it's a, a horror anthology where made up of 26 shorts, you know, each one for each letter of the alphabet. Uh, directed by 26 different directors or sometimes more, more because mm-hmm. some of the shorts feature two, which is uh, amazing when you look at some of the ideas. Yeah. <laughs> that, that any two of people, two to... people directing. It's kind of like, all right, which one was uh, asleep when this was being filmed? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I figured the way we would talk about it is I kind of wanted to just run through every single short it doesn't. We're not necessarily going to have something to say about all of them, but we'll at least acknowledge it. Some of them may get nothing more than like a passing grunt. A grunt, right? And and de- deservedly so for some of these. But that's what we'll do on the ones that we found interesting. We'll we'll talk through. So let's let's talk. So the movie obviously starts with A. A is for amateur. It's about uh, an amateur assassin. Assassin, yeah. Uh, I I didn't really you know, it, it, and my feeling for this one. And this is what I'll say about the first one. There were a handful of the in the first one that I liked. The only one that sticks out to me is the is the duck one, which I thought was funny, right? It's not scary at all, but it's funny. Right. The the rest, they're at best, they're just kind of like, all right. And I think the majority of the ones in the first one are terrible. Right. Yeah. I think some are offensive. Yeah. And in this one, I would I feel like the first one A is for amateur kind of summarizes my feeling for the thing as a whole where I, I, I there's not as many that i found offensive there's also not as many that i found outright terrible i feel like most of them are just kind of like okay okay what's next yeah no and I, I was actually encouraged by that one because it had a sense of fun to it where i was like mm-hmm. oh have these guys watched the first one and thought some of those are a little too serious. Right. Like we don't have enough time to really deal properly with body image and things like that. So let's like have some fun with this, right? What right. would an amateur assassin look like? Um, and then I think they lost it with like being so graphic with well, their violence. Yeah, yeah. And that's where they also got lost where I feel like this ABCs of death thing 
also like sets this unrealistic expectation where like I need to be not just like witty, I need to be disgusting. Right. You know? And really it's like I think and in the front they make it a point in the title card to be like they have complete artistic freedom. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, great. But I'm like, also, is there also this kind of expectation that like, hey guys, if you can make it gross, really make it gross, you know? Yeah, I think, and I think too, it's just as part of the format. It's like, you've got five minutes, just, you know, you're, you're looking for a reaction, just do something gross. Just gross people out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And to that point, the grossness in this one, I feel like it comes when he's crawling through the yeah. vents, right? Right. Like the 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 HVAC ducts throughout the building, yeah, which have random rusty nails sticking yeah. throughout it. It's like whoever set this up has never like installed right. HVAC um, systems because you don't use nails like that in those right. systems. That's all I could think about. Well, like like those systems, the, their, their integrity is completely compromised when you're punching nails through it like that. Those aren't <laughs> going to be in there. But, it, but what I did want to talk about quickly is the first one was directed by E.L. Katz who directed any ideas? Um, Cheap Thrills. Oh, yeah, and Cheap Thrills okay. is really good. It's something that yeah. I that I watched a while ago on video on demand. Yeah, me too. And it kind of like it stuck with me. Yep. Like and not as anything profound necessarily, but I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So I would say go watch Cheap Thrills instead of watching a ABCs of Death 2. Minute and a half short about right. a amateur assassin. Right. Okay. B is for Badger. Any thoughts? Uh you know it's about I, a nature guy who gets right tuned in half by a badger, badger. and by a mysterious badger that you never see a a mutated badger right right and because it's outside of a power plant and to me it it perfectly encapsulates the problem with found footage which is starting off i liked it like mm-hmm. i liked the host and their little banter and then by the end of it you're, you're just like oh this found footage conceit is just like wearing thin and it's literally 45 seconds in, you know what I mean? And then by the end, I really was ready for the guy to get eaten half by a mutated Uh badger. Uh And so, yeah, that one, again, I thought a and B were good because I'm like, right. Good. This is keeping this kind of fun, lively spirit. Kind of lighthearted. It's lighthearted. This guy's been ripped in half by this crazy badger. But he's also like a jerk. You know what I mean? So they set up this idea that maybe he kind of deserves this. So you're not like feeling, it's not like you get to see a dad with a bunch of kids out on a picnic, which is what you'd probably expect from the first one. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I was like, oh yeah, smarmy TV host bitten in half by a badger. Yeah. All right. C is for capital punishment. And this is where this is. Yeah, this is for me. This was the sharp right turn into like Dumpsville. Dumpsville. Like, it, it, the, this is the a, this is the a, this is the antithesis of the first two. Right. Yeah. Not lighthearted at all. No. You've got this guy is trying to take five minutes to send off this scathing attack on capital punishment, which I don't disagree with. Right. Like I'm on the same team as this guy, but it's like. It's just such a ham-fisted yep. message, right? And then not only that, you take all of the emphasis away from that by being so graphic with this guy 
being decapitated, right? Yeah. And I couldn't help, and I know that this was probably filmed before all of the ISIS stuff, but I couldn't help think of that while watching this because it's finished by um, one of the guys has to like finish the job by like sawing his head off with a knife. You know what I mean? It's just like this is like you're you're muddying your message so much, and and it's a message that doesn't even need to be there in the first place. It's right. like like I wonder if this guy had any idea that his short would be following a short where a guy just got bitten half by a mutated badger. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And just as like, oh man, it just, this one really upset me. And it's just kind of like, like I said, for me, it totally was like this, this was, this should have been in the first one. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, it would have fit in with all of those. There's nothing clever about it. it right. It hits it so on the head. Like who's there? Oh, the priest. He's encouraging it to happen. They're getting blood on themselves. And it is such a direct kind of corollary of mm-hmm. his idea or realization of his idea that I found it, yeah, like you said, a sharp right turn into, all right, so not everybody is approaching right. this with a yeah. like a wit yeah, and a lightness. Yeah, and that's followed with D for deloused. Now, I think this was the claymation one right do you remember that one yep super gross yep really like out there doesn't make a whole lot of sense no and ultimately it just is gross yes right and i felt like this coupled with the and i guess this is where we can talk about like is this a horror anthology and like what is horror supposed to be like when we were growing up to me horror movies were like Freddy Krueger, uh, you know, Jason, you know, stuff like that. Like Freddy Krueger is a genuinely terrifying idea, right? Like this idea that if you fall asleep, there's a chance that something could kill you in your sleep. Yeah. Is, is just a scary thought. And as a child, I was terrified. Like the capital punishment one, like, like right. the idea of being wrongly accused for a crime and then being sent to death row is like it's a scary idea, but it's not like you know what I mean. Like it's not like a that's not like a horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and so in order to make it horror, they just show some guy getting his head chopped off really graphically, or like this claymation one. It just is like really gross, even though it's claymation. Right. It just is really gross. Right. It, it makes me think like, uh, I, I know we've talked about this before and it's gotten to the point where I don't really remember uh, who said this, but I think it was somebody talking about working on a movie with Danny McBride and not knowing what to say when they were ad-libbing. And he was like, Danny McBride gave me the best advice. He was like, just think of the grossest thing you can say and say that. And that will be funny. Yeah. And it's like, that's not necessarily funny. And, you know, if I was doing a horror segment, is it just like, think of the most bizarre, strange, upsetting images and run with that? And I don't think that that is a, is a recipe for horror, like you said. And I recently watched Eraserhead by David Lynch yeah, for the first time. And was truly disturbed by that film, but also intrigued by the film. And it's because 
I think that there's something behind that, you know, that David Lynch is, and I've read, you know, a lot of articles about how personal that film is. I think it comes, I think it comes through, you know, and with D. Laust, I'm like, this is a guy who's like, let me make weird looking creatures and then uh, how can I keep upping this ante mm-hmm. and and making it as disgusting as I can mm-hmm. and nonsensical as I can mm-hmm. and uh, and present it like a nightmare vision. And it was, yeah. it was, not, yeah, I got it nothing more. It was gross. It was just gross. It was just gross with clay. Okay, E is for Equilibrium, which was the one about the two guys stranded on an island, right? Continues the lighthearted feeling. I don't really have anything to say about that one. You know, what I felt about that is misogyny, which... Kind of. Yeah, didn't didn't take long for (laughs) that to rear his head, where, yeah, you get you know, horror aficionados or as we've seen in recent culture, gamers together and misogyny is just going to rear its ugly head. And this one, they made it all the way to E for a truly misogynistic. And then with their little badoom at the end of send beer, it made me think like, this really is a beer commercial. Exactly. Yeah. It's like this, is this like like Corona commercial? Like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like they were asking, they're like, yeah, we got a uh, aborted Corona commercial that we tried to film. Let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, F is for falling about the Israeli Israeli and Pakistani soldier, right? Or I guess you don't know, but. Right. Uh, she's trapped in a tree. Right. And he cuts her down. Right. He cuts her down. He falls and dies. And he, she breaks her leg. She breaks her leg. He shoots he, himself. No, he. No, no, no. He. 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 After cutting her down from the tree, she falls, breaks Didn't her his leg. Gun go off? His gun falls, and then he falls out of the tree. Okay. And hits his head, head on the rock and dies. Right. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if his gun. It, it went off. And, it did, and, and that's why the guys at the end showed up. Right. Right. But I. I didn't really. I didn't get anything from it. Well, I'm well, sure no, the, there's a message there. Oh no, there. I mean, I kind of. That like Israeli-Palestinian, you know, kind of conflict, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, um, you know, kind of a message of mutually assured destruction and yeah. in, in a sad, you know, way of like, right. none of these people should be involved in this thing. And, you know, she shows real sympathy for him at the end. So, you know, again, I thought it was very heavy handed. And, you know, even though I agree with the message, I just wanted to be like, is this your platform like shoved again in between a claymation short called <laughs> deloused right after, you know, capital punishment and man getting bitten by a badger. Yeah. Like, you know, that this two, is and two bros on a beach. <laughs> oh yeah. That, yeah. All that right. one's better. Yeah. Two bros on a beach, right. you know, with a misogynistic message to really insert your thoughtful, uh, dictum right. on, um, Israeli-Palestinian yeah. relations. And, and not only that, it's then followed by G, which is for granddad, about oh. the weird grandfather and grandson relationship, which at first I thought was, it was kind of funny, kind right? Of funny. But then it just, by the end... Devolved. Yeah, you, it just loses the thread totally. And totally. It's just like, 
So that it, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just, it's just, again, one of those things where uh, you lose your humor in with, you know, the second half of that, where they're trying to, like, fit into the ABCs of death thing. Whereas the beginning, I'm like, all right, you're setting up kind of a funny dynamic, and then you're totally turning it on its head, but not, again, in a way that's horrifying in particular, and it's not just funny. Gross. It's just gross. It's just right. disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think some of that, too, is kind of like you also, not only do you have the constraint of, you know, of five minutes at the most, but somebody has to die, right? Yeah. Like, that's the whole point. Like, at least one person has to die in your short and I feel like with this one especially, like, it just is not a scenario where you feel like someone's going to die at the end of this. You know what I mean? Right. It's just is like, it's like a weird grandson-grandfather relationship. And then you, all of a sudden, now you have to sort of uh, wedge this death onto the end of it. Yeah. I don't know. Didn't work. Okay. H is for Head Games, which was an animated short uh from a famous animator i know i don't i didn't write his name down but you know again didn't really do much for me it's just is about two people like kissing and then they start to mute bill plimpton yes bill plimpton that's Mm -hmm. right but yeah i didn't really think much of it i like it's and 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 he's a he's like a really famous animator like i've seen his animations before yes right so i mean it's neat didn't uh, do I, I much for me. Neat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I is for Invincible, about the um, Japanese family who's trying to kill their mother to get her inheritance. And I thought they were Filipino. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I they sounded, but the, they're the mother's invincible. Well, and then the daughter, right at the end. But again, nothing. No, no, no nothing. It's and again, it's. It's a sketch of an idea, which, you know, and for some of these filmmakers, it does kind of feel like this was an afterthought yeah, or or that maybe they were put upon, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll do this thing, but how long do you want it to be? Okay. You know, and they sketch out an idea and they're like, let's shoot that. It wasn't particularly funny. It wasn't interesting. It wasn't witty. It was just exactly that. Them trying to kill their grandmother or mother and get the inheritance and, uh. Uh, J is for Jesus. Political message. About homosexuality, bullying. Unnecessary. I get it. I get it. I agree with the message. Um, And then with the Jesus tagger, stinger at the end, you just want to sit there and be like, you know, like, am I supposed to like clap? Like, that that was like clearly like, ah, see what we did. It's like, yeah, I saw what you did there. Like, that's not. I, do you want to be uh, congratulated? Yeah, on your novel idea that no one else has thought about. Yeah, K is for Nell, like death nail. Yes. Okay, this one I thought was good. It's about the woman in the apartment. She sees the strange black that goo beginning was great sphere, right? And and it's hovering over like a high rise apartment building. And then it disappears, and then she starts to see everyone in that building killing people, killing people, start going crazy. And the next thing she knows, like her, but she can see the outside of her building is being covered in this goo. And then, like, but then it's like 
I kind of expected like the people to start going crazy right. in her building, but instead like the goo starts Comes entering in. her building mm-hmm. and then she starts bleeding from everywhere. And then, <laughs> and then the goo and mixes the with her blood and then it ends and says K is for Nell. And she's like, what? Exactly. Right. Like, yep. like yeah, it started strong. It looked great, you know? And, but then by the end, you're just like, 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 and I looked up the definition of Nell. So did I. <laughs> and it just is like a, the stroke of a bell. Right. Especially after a death or at a funeral. And it's just like, okay. Right. I don't know. Like, I don't get it. Right. 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 It just feels like, it just feels like a cool idea that this person yes. had. And then I'm just to a little tag. It's, I've got K. So what? Right. And, 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 why, and why should I care? And, and also, again, just like the Jesus stinger. We are like, this is clearly the point of this video was also this stinger. This title right. is like the point that comes at the end. And it's like, ah, yeah. And you're like, that shouldn't be the motivation for your film to be like the name. Yeah. The name is the point. Nell, guys, go look that one up. Yeah. Uh, L is for legacy. And this is the only one that I was like genuinely like I had no idea what I had just watched. Oh, wait. It yeah, was the African like, tribe, yeah, the African one, tribe. Right? where it's about some sort of sacrifice going wrong. But it's like you get this build up to where you see that they're sacrificing this one guy because the um because they believe that if they sacrifice him, if they don't sacrifice him, all the women will become barren, right? Right. But then it's revealed that the wife of the head of the tribe made that lie up because she wanted this guy to be killed. But then as soon as that's revealed, it then it then cuts to what I thought was like a completely different tribe being terrorized by some <laughs> weird monster. Yeah. And then it just ends. Look. And I was just like, I had no idea what that what was going on in that one. I've I've read and some people have have kind of praised the ABCs of death for being international. And this <laughs> really is probably a case of a African filmmaker who, you know, doesn't get to make a lot of film. It definitely has the feeling of total amateur actors, obviously but amateur production values and everything. It feels amateur in a way that none of the other ABCs of death shorts do. And it was, it it was like, you know, I guess good for putting that guy in there for including an international Mm. doesn't make it a good, um, short. Yeah. It wasn't good on any level. It was, it was just for me. It was just really confusing. Yeah, I, I had I, no idea what was going. I on. I thought it was made so poorly that I didn't even want to figure. As soon as it is over, I was like, "Thank you." Yeah. Next, M is for masticate. Yeah, about the uh, it's the one that shot all in slow motion. It's got a guy running down the street in his underwear. That's right. That's right. Did you like that one? I thought it was filmed well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the little tag at the end, y'all try bath salts. Yeah. Again, 
was like, where's the wit? Where's the mm-hmm. touch? I you liked know? it. I thought, I thought like, it's obviously not the greatest tag in the world, but it yeah. worked for me. Like, I thought it was like fine. Like you said, it was filmed really well. It was filmed really well. And it well. Ha- does have a super gross out moment at the end, but at the same time, like, I guess it feels a little bit more deserved for some reason. Um, but yeah, and then you have the tag at the end where the guy's just like, yeah, it's like 30, it goes 34 minutes earlier. And he's like, yeah, I'll have some, but yeah, I'll try bath salts. And it's just like this big, fat, goofy guy. <laughs> Seems like he's down for anything. You know what I mean? Down I like that bath salts. It, it was fine. Um, I didn't like the, the You didn't like the tag? I didn't like the tag. Yeah, it was all right. N is for Nexus. And this one for me... I was just, I was waiting for this to happen, especially after the first one, because in the first one, there are so many times where the shorts resort to harming children to Uh. be shocking. And I was waiting for that to happen in this. And I'm surprised they got halfway through the alphabet until it happened. But in the Nexus one is about... Um, the guy who's dressing up as Frankenstein going to meet his girlfriend yeah, or whatever. And yep. then, at, and then at the, and then everything converges at the end by a taxi hitting the rear tire of the Frankenstein guy and the guy's bike flying out and then hitting a kid and busting his head open and killing him at the end. And it just is like, it just is like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand you're trying to be shocking and you're trying to like elicit emotion by yeah. harming a child. But like the only emotion you're getting from me is like anger. Like I now am angry at you for doing right. that because it's so cheap. Yeah. And especially in like, it's so like, I feel like that. And of course, and obviously this is my opinion and this is going, the mileage of it is going to vary for who you're talking to. But for something that significant to just like harm an innocent child for absolutely no reason in your movie, I feel like you need to have some reasoning to that besides just we've got five minutes and we need to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to have the cab driver be a guy who's doing a crossword. Right. That he is he's being so negligent in a way that is so contrived. That I know exactly what you're doing with this. That I'm not even connecting with the scenario because yeah. the scenario itself is so contrived and obvious. That oh yeah, is a kid going to die? Oh yeah, yeah. he is. Okay, yeah. next. I and mean, why like like in an age where there's millions of PSAs about texting and driving? Why are you making him do a crossword puzzle? What? Just give him a cell phone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and why does he have to be doing the cross? Somebody else could be doing the crossword puzzle and have it right. have it tie in. Yeah. But not the cab driver who's like, literally, yeah, I drive for a living and I can drive during a crossword. <laughs> like, he would have been, he would have killed somebody long right. ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, o is for Oclocracy. And I'm sure I'm not saying that right, but O is for Oclocracy, which is another word I had to look up. It just means mob rule. And it also, again, it feels like this director had a really great idea of something they wanted to do and then was just like, I got O. How can I make this tie in? You know what I mean? With that being said, I really liked this one a lot. It was the one about um, them finding a cure for zombies 
and then yeah. zombies taking over having and like, a trial right basically like retaking their place in society and then trying all of the people who killed them. killed the zombies to survive like i thought it was really well done it was a clever idea it was really good i liked it a lot um the ending doesn't work so much on nope, it no nope. the, the ending doesn't work but i agree yeah it was good uh p is for scary oh my goodness what do you think about this one i you got angry on the on n i got furious really with scary (laughs) why well number one because it's called (laughs) scary right not number two because it's it's again a (laughs) fever dream of nonsense Uh that makes no sense right that maybe could have been clever had they really i thought executed an idea but it wasn't an idea it was i don't know what it was it was fake noses and it was a big black you know kind of that visual was cool with them walking through the big darkness with a lantern Mm -hmm. but that's it that's literally it and the rest of it i just I, again, I couldn't wait for that one to be over. Uh, yeah, I and I have to say, I would not say that this short was good, but I did like it. I don't know why. I think I liked it just because of how different it was and because it was it's literally the only one in here that doesn't resort to some sort of gross-out imagery. Uh, his friends on the floor who melted. Yeah, but it's not, like, gross, the only thing I can say for it is I liked how many times they went to that guy blowing out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's funny. Right? It, it was, uh, it, it happened a lot. Right. It, and it was much. funny. And yeah, I liked it. I thought it was funny. And the reason it's called poo poo scary is because one of the guy's lines, I guess he like stumbles on his peas or something. Yeah. And a he, few of them are. Right. And he goes, grapes. Right. I don't know. It, I thought it was funny. I like Oh, uh, you like the pup pup grapes? I did. I didn't expect it. Who are because you? Because his name's Puppy and he keeps saying puppy or something, or they keep saying puppy to him. I liked it. And I gra- it was oh good. my goodness. Let's move on. Okay, quickly. Q is for questionnaire starring. Did you recognize the guy? Jack Black. No, Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris. From Maximum Fun Network. From Jordan Jesse Go. I don't listen to that. I don't either, but I know who Jordan oh. Morris is. Oh, uh, no. All right. Uh, and this one is directed by Rodney Asher, who directed Room 237. A not very good yeah, documentary. Exactly. The documentary. That I was I really excited for. Kind of felt, yeah, that was really excited for too and did not like. What did you think of Questionnaire? Uh, questionnaire was you're going to have to refresh my memory really. It's quick. where he's Jordan Morris is answering a questionnaire. It's a pretty oh, basic yeah, yeah, questionnaire, yeah, yeah, but yeah, they're treating yeah. him and kind of like he's a genius. His brain and putting into a gorilla, right? And then it cuts to them cutting his brain out and putting it into a gorilla. They they really didn't need to focus on the gorilla so much because the gorilla looked so bad <laughs> right. that it really took me out of it. I really like the questionnaire, and look, just the fact that these guys tracked down enough brain teasers to make it interesting <laughs> i was like they actually put maybe a little bit of work into yeah. it i liked it. Yeah, yeah i liked it i thought it was i thought it was fine uh r is for roulette yeah yeah black that, and that, white they're playing russian roulette exactly although i will say they're playing russian roulette incorrectly oh yeah 
right? Because yeah. isn't the whole point that you spin the barrel every time? Right. And instead they've just going around taking shots so knowing they, who so they literally know when it's going to fire and, th- and then also i didn't understand why they were playing it because obviously there's something coming after them right so were they basically like they wanted the person wanted to be shot so they didn't have to face right the the i mean and yeah. it turns into like uh, it's like uh, the end of the mist right spoilers for the end of the mist where it's like it's basically like there's this outside threat that they know are going to come and kill them so this one guy takes it upon himself to kill everybody else or to kill his love the love of his life basically right. even though they're playing russian roulette it's like what's the point right just put your heads together yeah pull the trigger s is for split s is for split I forgot it, but I don't think I, I remember not liking S or T. Yeah. S, S I, I liked, I, S started off strong. I thought it was good. And again, speaking to the point of like a lot of this just being horror because it's gross. I felt like S was horror because it was scary. It was genuinely scary. You have a stranger breaking into your house, right? That's scary. Oh yeah. Yeah. But on the phone. then it turns into, First of all, like, like it's again with another the, social again with the children, right? It's like, oh yeah, she hammers goodness. a baby to death at the end, and of course you don't see it, but right. you know what happens. It just is like, and then it's revealed, like, and that's another one that doesn't make any sense because it's revealed that she's broken in. So the the short is a man and a wife talking on the phone. <laughs> the man is in a hotel somewhere on a business trip. On a business trip, as he's on the phone a stranger starts breaking into the wife and the uh, into the house and the wife is freaking out which is a scary idea right yeah but then it turns into by the end you realize she's break the person breaking into the house is a woman and the reason she's breaking into the house is because the the husband is having an affair with her husband so she's decided to break into that guy's white house and kill his wife and daughter like what how is that getting revenge like don't you want revenge on the person who's cheating with your husband? Right. right. It just doesn't make any sense. Nope. And it's kind of like, again, with the children, it's just like, come on. Like, like, and not only that in this one, it's not even necessary. Like you don't even need it. No, you don't. Um, T is for torture porn. Dumb. Dumb. And and look, I get, I get the message. And I don't think that they are, I think they're trying to comment on torture porn Mm -hmm. and I get it. Mm -hmm. But again, you don't have enough time to make that statement. Yeah. You is for Utopia, directed by Vincenzo Natale. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? Uh the the Utopia, there there um yeah, that one had an idea. I didn't think it was executed as well as it could have been, um, which is how I feel about Vincenzo Montali is a filmmaker, like <laughs> yeah. all of his films. Yeah, it was it was all right. I had an idea. Yeah, didn't yeah yeah. Didn't stick the the Utopia, I guess, is just all good-looking people. They find an ugly person, and right? Because it doesn't explain how he got that far in the society in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> where is he coming from? Where is he coming from? Where is he going? Why is he, he just like stumble out of a closet that he's been in for thirty years? Exactly. That's yeah. how he's walking too. Like he's stumbling into stuff and he knocks something over, and that's enough to be like. Yeah, maybe you know, he's living in like the sewers, like um, Dennis Leary's gang and Demolition Man. Right, and look, I'm no judge. Some of those people in the crowd, right? I think they should belong. I thought in that the same thing. It's like you him. can't, 
you can't start a all pretty society without being hypercritical, right? Yeah. And I, I didn't find all of those people super pretty. Nope. Uh, v is for vacation. Yeah, that one, um, you know, yeah. Executed, what like shot well, I guess, for the found footage aspect of it. Um, acted way over the top. Yeah. And in the end... It ends up exploiting the people that if they were trying to make a statement on anything, they mm-hmm. end up exploiting the same industry that maybe they're trying to comment on. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll say this, and this also applies for S as for split at this point, especially in this series in particular, but at this point I would say in any movie book, TV show, any sort of media, the reveal of an affair is so overused and so predictable that it has lost all meaning mm. whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the vacation one is all about a guy who goes on vacation with his buddy. Right. And then it's revealed that they were sleeping with prostitutes or whatever, but it's like five seconds into it. You already know that that's what the reveal is going to be. It just is like, it's, it's done. Like it's, it's played out. You don't need to use it anymore. It doesn't mean anything. It's not surprising to anybody. Like it's it's not a good way. It's not like a good catalyst for your story. Like figure something else out. Yep. Uh W is for wish. Oh, this was the one about the kids who get sucked into an 80s action figure world. I thought it was a funny idea. But that was about it. I think it is a funny idea. I think it's a funny idea in the sense of like if you look back at like the He-Man world and then if you were to like actually extrapolate that into a real world, it would be like terrifying and like the things that people would be doing to each other would be insane. But, you know, as kids, you're just banging these toys together, basically. I think that's a funny idea. Yeah. I mean, again, I feel like this is in the hands of you know, just unfunny meatheads or like, you know, sadomasochists who don't know how to execute anything. Again, like I keep going back to the idea of like, have some touch, you know, have some nuance. Yeah. I, I, I did not like it. I I agree. I like the idea. Yeah. But have more of a sense of humor with it. Right. And the end of that one. Yeah. Is that like a, pedophilia yep. thing yep yeah i wasn't i was Way a little unclear it was kind of like all right uh x is for xylophone okay again with again kids right yep again with the kids terrible uh and that one is directed by the people who directed inside which is a, i didn't watch it yeah you didn't watch it you know who did watch it this guy who you asked to watch it did i yes that one yes you said Inside is a movie that I don't want to watch, but I think you should watch it. So I did. And it's horrible. <laughs> um, why is for youth? About the girl who basically lives in a negligent home and she starts to imagine um, the negligent behavior coming to life and killing her That's mother right. and father. I liked yeah. it. I thought it was good. Yeah. 
no, you didn't have any, you like that one? No feelings? Yeah. I mean that, that actually had again, some ideas and yeah, sure. Yeah. Last one. Z is for zygote. Remembering the ending of that one, but I don't remember the beginning. The Z is for zygote is about a woman is about a husband and wife who is pregnant and the husband leaves her with this magical oh, root yeah, that staves off pregnancy until he comes back. 13 years. But right, he's gone for 13 years. The only thing I wrote down about that one was Zygros because yep. it was the like the epitome of gross. Yep. When she gives birth to the 13-year-old is like ugh. Yep. And and again, I think the I, I like the idea I like the idea just because it's different, right? Mm-hmm. But then I guess when you see that idea <laughs> played out, it's kind of like maybe I don't like this idea. Yeah, <laughs> maybe this idea is too a little too gross for me. Yep. Yeah. So that was the ABCs of death. Any? What are your thoughts on the whole? I'm sure there will be a third one, right? Yeah. B's for boo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I not like it. Yeah. And surprise, surprise. And if they're making a third one. And anybody involved in the third one happens to be listening to this, leave the kids out of it, right? Look, leave the kids out of it. Get a sense of humor. Lighten your touch. And and be inventive with the death. The death doesn't always have to happen. Like, go back and look at Quack. Right. You know? And I, yeah, and I would say that's that's when they work in the first. That's one. when they work the best is when they're lighthearted, right? You're not trying to do too much. You're not trying to send a message. It just is. We've got five minutes. Let's do some like the like and and like we said before, the ones that I found least offensive in all of these were like A and B, where it's just as like it's just as like you know what I mean. It's like the it's like the directors recognize. Look, I've got five minutes. There's not much I can do in these five minutes. Let's just do something a little fun, right? Yep. All right. Well, that's uh, ABCs of death. Good Man is Hard to Find is Flannery O'Connor's most famous short story. Uh, yeah. I, would, I mean, she has other, you know, it's well-known, but but this probably is... Probably most well-known. Yeah. Uh, it was Keith's recommendation last episode about a month ago, and I read it. It's uh, great. Of course, I had never read it before. I'd, I actually have never read any Flannery O'Connor before. It's about a, it follows the perspective of a grandmother who's living with her son and his family. Uh, It follows them on a trip uh, to Florida. And throughout the course of the trip, at the beginning of the story, the grandmother's talking about this uh, prisoner who has escaped from prison who calls himself the misfit. Uh, By the end of the short story, they end up running into the misfit and... Uh, some not good things happen. 
Uh, and there's a lot to it. Uh, I did a little bit of research afterwards. I'm sure you've read it and thought about it a lot more than I have. Mm-hmm. So I'll get your what's your what's your take on it and why did you recommend it? Well, I mean, I have to say that uh, honestly, I've I read it for the first time. Uh, I want to say back in college. Mm-hmm. That's when I first started reading Flannery O'Connor, and she's like one of my all time favorite authors Mm -hmm. and then i kept coming back to this story a few times and i read it again right before i recommended to you um and i've read some think pieces and stuff at this point in time i am left with more sketches of you know what i've thought and bits and pieces of what i um read from flannery o'connor and it's all kind of jumbled up in there Mm -hmm. but uh, did you read any um, articles with Flannery O'Connor about her talking about the story, about what no. she was intending? Mm-mm. Because I think that really altered my whole take on it. Um, and so I wish I could go back. And I, I was kind of interested to get your take as being somebody who's just kind of analyzing the story based on its story terms. Mm-hmm. Because I quickly read Flannery O'Connor and read what she said about it. And it completely altered my whole ideas on the, on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So to get back to your, to your first question though, uh, when I first read it, I thought this is a honest look at humanity that, you know, a, a honest accounting of um, what we face out there in the world and what we face inside ourselves. So I had a really strong take on that in the same way that I do like no country for old men, mm-hmm. like Anton Sugar. You know, there is a, f- there are forces out there yeah. that are working in contrast and contrary to other forces. And we need to account for those mm-hmm. and we need to, um, you know, realize those as, as real and not imagined, um, uh, f- dangers um and i think that they can find any one of us you know mm-hmm. and that whole family comes to a, a bad end mm-hmm. all while in different ways trying to be good people you know well and i think that's the that's the question is nobody in the story is likable right right they're all pretty despicable people mm-hmm do they are they trying to be good to people i think are they changing is it do you think it's as broad of a goal as to say these are bad people and then at the end they're good? Or do you think it was just these are people, this is how people are, right? and now facing these circumstances, this is what their natural behavior would be? I believe, and I know that there are differing takes, I believe in the grandmother's redemption at the end. I believe that, again... What speaks to me are very dark stories that have a hint of light in them. Mm -hmm. And that hint of light will speak louder to me than a story all light with a little bit of darkness. So I I say that to mean, you know, if you read a story that's like just uplifting, Mm -hmm. the whole point of this story is just to uplift you, right? To me, it feels false, you know, because I'm like, that's not how life is it doesn't that's not how it feels Mm -hmm. you know and none of us are like quote unquote good people Mm -hmm. right 
like we all have these elements in us. But I would say the grandmother, the family, right? They have their own issues, but they are in the scene in contrast to the misfit and in, in, in them. They are good people, just in the basis that they aren't killing. They're not people. murderers, yeah. They're, they're they're not murderers, right? And then at the end, when you have the grandmother who actually like reaches out mm-hmm. and reaches to the misfit, you know, um, and touches the misfit. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of emphasis put on that in a lot of interpretations of the story. Mm-hmm. And, and she says, You are my son. You are my son. Mm-hmm. And the misfit, you know, she still is killed. And the misfit though has something nice to say her say to her at the end, where he's like, "What is it again?" Like, no, she, he doesn't have something. Well, I guess that it depends on how you interpret it. I, she I would have been a nice person, right? If she would have been her. a nice person if she had someone to shoot her every, every minute, every of, her minute life. of her life. And yeah. so, a couple of ways that that has been interpreted is, I guess, the way I read that scene initially after I read it was, first of all, I was confused by the you are my son thing. I wasn't totally sure what that was supposed to mean. And then when he said, I took him saying that at the end as this woman deserved to be shot every single day of her life. Like I took it as more of a, not misogynistic, maybe misogynistic but just kind of like that abusive i guess yes misogynistic like 50s attitude of women you know what i mean like like i took it as more of a this woman would have been better if there was someone to put her in her place every day of her life and but then i had read a lot that one interpretation is saying that the 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 uh maybe if you look at the misfit as kind of like the not moral compass but kind of like maybe like an arbiter and like he's basically saying she would have been a better person if someone had threatened to kill her early on in her life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and that follows the interpretation of at this moment where she is, where she knows she's about to be killed, she's changing her ways. She's becoming a good person. So in that sense, if this would have happened to her early in her life, she would have been a better person. Right. Or or that, you know, what the misfit is saying is, you know, this moment brings out the goodness in her. That this idea of grace, right? Mm-hmm. That it brought that out in a genuine way. And she would need to have the threat of death every single day to bring right. that goodness right. out. Right. Like yeah. she'd be a good person if she had me threatening her like this every single day. Like somebody, you know, basically killing her every mm-hmm. single day because that allowed her to realize that that grace, that 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 potential, you know, within herself to not be selfish and and, and right. And, and but all. how does she demonstrate that at the end of the story? Well, you know, there's also That's what I'm a little hung up on. Okay, so um in some of these details I know one thing that also stands out to me in my mind and what I've read on, on research is the, the clothing that the misfit is wearing, right? Right. He is wearing her, um, son's, her shirt. son's shirt. Right. Right. So to me, just by the misfit, number one, calling himself that, right? That he is in some ways an outcast, mm-hmm. that he is, he does not belong, that she is 
recognizing that he is going to kill her and that she is not begging for her life. Mm-hmm. In that moment of realization, she is showing him some form of acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, and saying, look, you are as my son is to me right now, you know, that I love you. I care about you. Mm-hmm. You know, you are not the misfit to me, but I know what you're going to do to me, you right. know? So even in, in this moment, I can, I can say this, you know, selflessly mm-hmm. and try to show him that modicum of, of grace. It's a, it is a tiny piece, mm-hmm. right? It is not like a grand gesture, you know, but to what she has to offer him. And I think she's making a, a correlation with, you know, like this shirt is just like a, something you're wearing, you know, it's just a symbol, right? It's just, mm-hmm. But I am accepting you in a real way, right? Like in a way that the shirt is just a representation, my acceptance of you at this moment is is actually genuine, even after all that you've did even after all that you've done to me. Mm-hmm. I guess that is sort of the, the question or the hang up with forgiveness, maybe, or grace. Grace. Is, I think the reason I struggle with that is because we've just gotten <coughs> however many words or pages of the grandmother not being a like she's not a terrible person right but she's, but she's materialistic yeah she's very self-centered you know what i mean so then when you have this one tiny moment of what is not that behavior you're left with the question of is that a real moment or not is right. that a real conversion or not right. whereas if the whole story had been about this loving uh self-sacrificing grandmother that moment that act would not be questioned at all it would just be right. expected more right. or less so i guess maybe that's that's something that i didn't haven't really considered up until now and that's probably why i'm still not convinced it wasn't just a you know this exact same thing as her sentence before where she's trying to convince mm-hmm. the misfit that he's from like royal blood or mm-hmm. from like you know mm-hmm. Rich blood, basically. Look, this is, again, going back to the idea of, um, you know, using the darkness to enhance light Mm -hmm. as opposed to using light to, you know, just use shadow a little bit. Like, I want to write a dark story, but I don't want it to be, you know, like really dark. So I'm going to write, you know, this kind of light parable, you know, which is, you know, Flannery O'Connor was a pretty outspoken committed Christian, you know? So she wrote kind of spiritually. And sometimes when you read spiritual stories, it's embarrassing how they are not willing to embrace any amount of darkness. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I love about Flannery O'Connor is her willingness to say, I'm going to explore darkness so much that when light drops of just a pinpoint of light comes in, it will be like really noticeable. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love that. It's like, yeah, the grandmother, even to the last moment, is evidencing the darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's materialistic, like you said. She's trying to convince the misfit of something that isn't true. And at the last moment, she she 
does say something genuine and true. And doesn't that make that moment all the more kind of real and powerful and as real or powerful as somebody who lived a good life, quote unquote, and got to the end of their life and was like, I've accepted everyone my whole life and I accept you, you know? Mm-hmm. And like you said, you'd expect that. Where's the story in that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what you expect. But what you don't expect is it to come from, you know, this character in this way, like in this last moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just don't, I, I yeah, I just don't know if I believe it or not. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I just don't know if I believe that's a, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I think, you know, and this is kind of like the, like the, like the spoiler um, alert for Flannery O'Connor um, where, I can't remember where I read this, but I remember being a quote where she was like, you know, this story is basically about God's grace. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I wanted to write about. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, yeah, that's the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you believe in a God who forgives, then you're not talking about anything that's prescribed in a way that we would understand or that we would come to expect. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a lot of religions have a way for you to declare, you know, conversion or faith or things you need to do. Mm -hmm. Right. But in this story, it doesn't come that way. Mm -hmm. Right. There's nothing prescribed about it. It's just something that exists. Like if this kind of grace exists, it it would happen in a moment like this. Mm -hmm. Or, Or it could. Yeah. 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 And and that's how it would look. And it would look something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, it was good. But moving on to something completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my recommendation for you this week is there is a radio station in Seattle that has bands perform, I think, on a daily basis. But they then upload those performances to YouTube. And you can watch them on YouTube Okay. So a while ago, they uploaded a performance from a band that had been recommended to me by a mutual friend who, based on name alone, I had refused to listen to. The first name is Planet, right? No. Oh. And uh, so this is a... second name, Planet? Yes. This is a band that I never thought I would... uh, listen to let alone recommend because of their name but the band is diarrhea planet and they have a performance on kexp and my recommendation is the full diarrhea planet performance on youtube it's like 20 minutes long maybe but that is my recommendation do they say their name Absolutely. And they're proud of Within it. Within the first and and I'll you know what? I'll save do, it. Do they all giggle? I'll save it when we talk little. about it. I'll save it for when we talk about it. But yes. That is my recommendation. Okay. Um so with that being said, we're another one done. But we're done for another month, maybe. Who maybe. knows? Um Maybe we'll be back sooner than that. Well, actually, you know what? We'll probably we'll, we might talk about a movie called The Signal, so check that out if you can. Um, Keith watched it; he liked it. I'm gonna try and watch it. 
and I'm anticipating Justin not liking it. Will not like yeah. this thing. So the signal, maybe we'll do that in a couple weeks. If not, we'll definitely have something up by another month's time. Yeah. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Or at most, I would say. Yeah, I'm committed to the month, but um, <coughs> I say we we pause it. I say we end this one. I say we record again. Let's <laughs> get another one in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. So you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Brown Blue White. Uh, any other contact information is in the description, emails. Uh, we'll have links for everything we talked about in the show. A link to the Diarrhea Planet performance, which is a must watch. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Blizzard with nine Z's. I'm at Things Come Right. And. Uh, We'll see you next you time. Should cut it. You should <laughs> cut it at the just void.